0: This episode of Port of the Jammed is rated S for spoilers. You've been warned. I don't suppose they uh, told you anything in Denver about the tragedy we had up here during the winter of 1970.
1: Can I help you?
2: Mrs. Peterson? Yes. My name is David. Mrs. Peterson, I, I knew your son Caleb. I was with him when he died.
1: I had the craziest dream last night about a girl who was turned into a swan, but her prince falls for the wrong girl and she kills herself.
0: What I've been told, I mean, he seemed like a completely normal individual. What happened? I got into a fight with some guys at school.
2: I'll teach him some self-defense when he's feeling up to it. What are you gonna do? Nothing bad. And you're the most dedicated dancer in the company.
0: Our new swan queen, the exquisite Nina Sayers. But at some point during the winter, he must have suffered some kind of a complete mental breakdown. He ran amok and uh, killed his family. Ms.
2: Peterson, are you sure you're comfortable with me staying here?
1: I think it could be a good thing for us.
2: You know, I promised Caleb I would do anything I could to help your family. Where'd you
1: get these? It's nothing.
0: You sweet girl. Feel my touch. Respond to it. This was hard for teacher. I don't want to talk about that. We really need to relax. Well,
2: you can rest assured, Mr. Ullman, that's not going to happen with me. <laughs> <laughs>
3: that's right. Welcome back to the Pot of the Damned. Uh, we are still fucking with your heads. Uh, this week we're covering <laughs> some more. Our second episode on psychological horror. Uh, welcome back. I'm glad. I hope you enjoyed yesterday. We didn't. We decide, thought about maybe putting the episode out a bit later. Um, just to really mess with you, but no, we'll put it out on time as always. Uh, I'm Dean. I'm Shory. And I'm Em. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I, love I love that we can chill. <laughs> I
2: love the Shory
1: and I, love that I that both went into the. We've got
3: to do the Mr. Burns. Excellent.
1: couple of, yeah, yes. well, us two at the of peanut, of peanut gallery over here. And then we've got <laughs> Dean, those of you at home obviously can't see him, is sitting here smoothing down his eyebrows as we. Yeah. As we mm. record.
0: It's to get in the mood, mood for, our for our first movie. Getting in the mood for it. Exactly. Getting
1: in the getting for oh, right. our yeah. first movie. Absolutely nice no, segue. Um, <laughs> I believe that this is Dean's pick.
0: Yes. So just to give everyone the heads up, from uh, if you haven't heard yesterday's episode, we are diving into psychological horror in our second part two of psychological horror, which I've got to admit, I know I've said this every couple of episodes, I feel like this is my favourite of the pick when it comes to <laughs> themes, because it's so diverse and it's so good. Now, just If everyone can keep like track of Dean
3: every time he says this is his favourite category mm. um, and give us a tally by the end of the show, that'd be great.
0: But it just is. I like, do get God, it, though. God. Like, yeah. we're getting God to the pointy M end created... of the
1: podcast and there's so yeah. many. We're getting mm-hmm. to the cream of the crop.
0: But the cream of the start, crop. Like, M created a schedule Much that I mean. worked for the entire month that has really created this build that I absolutely love. Mm-hmm. Now, just like yesterday's episode, unfortunately, uh, Shori and I were not able, due to the realities of the internet, watch all three of the films. Uh, I got so through there all three two... of these ones. Oh, did you? This one you fine find. Yeah, yeah. Oh, was the other one okay? So it's just me. Um, the irony is that the film that I didn't get to watch is also a film that um, I have yet to watch and should have watched. That we're talking about. Look, we're not going to talk about it straight from we'll start, talk the start. About that later. Film the, yeah. mm-hmm. the, the film is the ah, shining, but just no, for a laugh, I just want to it. say. All right, I won't say. It, <laughs> but when we do it, I'll edit the I'll edit the bit in for that bit before we talk about the film because that's funny. Okay. All right, so that's going to make more sense to you pretty much towards the end, <laughs> and we are we are diving in with um, my pick for this. Now, just like my pick for yesterday's podcast, the same thing again, a film I've really wanted to see, uh, I looked up the list of psychological horrors and it was there, and it's one I hadn't seen, so I thought, you know what, why not put it on not? my list? And it is Black Swan. Yes. All right, now, what's interesting his- is... I mean, I I saw everything about it. I know everything about it. But
1: We need the IMDb. IMDb. I was just
0: going to say beforehand, the thing... No, I wasn't going to dive in. I was going to say the thing that I know this film most for is, is the meme of the word whore written on a, on a bathroom mirror.
2: Uh, ah, yeah, yeah,
0: And all yeah. I knew, that, that that happens in the film. I knew nothing else. And something about a swan, I assume, and ballet. <laughs> that's my whole, sure. my whole thing about this film is literally just, you're a whore. Something, that's something,
1: whore, to, something, something, in ballet.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now to
3: Shorey. A committed dancer struggles to maintain her sanity after winning the lead role in a production of Tchaikovsky's Swan Lake. Mm. Yep. Yeah.
0: Hmm. I mean, that's, that's mm. pretty much it. That's pretty much what this it is. is. This is yeah.
3: brilliant. Google was definitely a term.
1: I think it's brilliant. And Shori, <laughs> yeah. I will fight I, you. I will fight you. Because yeah. this is a brilliant film.
0: I agree. <laughs> I agree, Em, to the point that I think we need. Now, the, the reality, I, I found that before we started recording, turns out Shori has given this a rating of two stars. Mm-hmm. Now, before we hear why Shori is wrong, <laughs> I
1: think. Before we really hear give Shory why Shori has no taste.
0: Yeah, no, not enough uh, guitar drills. We shall give Shori a chance to defend thyself. Mm. Come on. Um, why go. Yes, from yeah. like this film. From
3: Jump and this is going to be very controversial. Natalie Portman gave me the absolute shits.
0: <gasps> I mean, hang yes. on a minute, hang on a minute. She's brilliant in it. No. That statement is fine. She's a, no, no, no. no. She, She's absolutely she brilliant, so brilliant in this She is so brilliant in this. But I see her also giving you the shits because I saw Star Wars, the first three trilogies. But that doesn't mean <laughs> she did a bad job in any no, way. No, I'm not saying form. she did a bad she job. She was excellent.
1: Okay, hang on a sec. The, Are you annoyed the... at the character or her as an actress? Because the character is uh, I mean, meant I'm not... to be a bit... Annoying. I'm not a big
0: fan of her as an actress. In she's general. the Ali McBeal of like this movie.
3: But the the yeah. from the moment she starts speaking and she's got that little baby voice, it I was out. I, but
1: that's the it, character. Yeah, that's I know. The and point. I did, I that's the That's the fucking like, point.
3: <laughs> but that's the thing. But if if I can't get into the character like that, then that I'm out of the film. And I just she frustrated me, and I found this is look, it's not my type of film. It's I found it overly pretentious. It, it, well, it I mean, drove me bananas. This. This is why, this I struggled through this doing film. This I'm, I'm sorry, guys. Maybe I should just, I'll just tune out for this section. No, I this no, 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 no.
0: There's a reason why we have all three of us coming to the table and this is mm. why, and I love that you hated this on every level because I loved it
1: <laughs> <laughs> on every all, level. All perspectives are valid. I, I, I mean, will say.
0: Sure, I like, not sure. Except of for Shorys. Except for
3: Shorys. My favourite actor in the whole thing. Vincent Cassell was brilliant. He's was the, the director. He's the, be- oh, the yes. ballet director. I lo- he did a very good job
1: at playing an yeah. asshole. Yes. And I love yeah. him in
3: lots of things. He's yeah. in so many good movies, but he is really good in this. See, but I... It was just, look I, look, I will say from the start, it's not a movie for me.
1: Okay. And do you know what? I, and that's if so it's...
3: I'm coming from my perspective yeah. on this is not a movie that I would... I probably wouldn't have chosen to watch it the first time around. Yeah, yeah. And it's and because of the show I watched it, it's not something I'll probably ever revisit. It It was just, yeah, okay. Yeah, it wasn't I, for and me. And I think
1: given that context, I think that that, that is understandable. That would surely um, frame your reading of the text. You know, if you're going into a film and right from the get-go you sense that this is not your kind of film, hmm. then little things that, say, so for example, the character is a bit irritating, something that, if it was your kind of film you might be able to overlook yeah. be able to kind of you know get on board with it and be like yeah okay yeah. i get it cuz cuz that's cuz then we get the antithesis of her mm. at the end of the film but if it's something you already know that you're not into then i totally get yeah. why you yeah. and, and also i mean
0: i thought it was just going to be the ballet that would not you wouldn't no, be to, quite no, frankly. no but no
1: but i i like it
3: to a movie yeah. that came out a bit recently called bliss um it's a little indie movie i watched that was getting these massively phenomenal reviews mm. and i started watching it and it oh there's another movie as well um attack the block which oh, i need to revisit i
1: loved that
3: and look, okay. i love the concept of that but it was really hard to like the characters when they start by mugging a woman i i, I felt really yeah, that took but me they're, out of it.
1: But they're meant movie, to be like, I know, but it's I was the, just the, like it's the gray, him. it's the gray area of <laughs> yeah. of. Do you know what I mean? Like people aren't black and white. It's anyway. We digress. This, this
3: other, movie, movie, it's which is a great sort of thing, also a great. The, the the characters, the main character in this movie, Bliss, was so horribly unlikable that I couldn't like the film.
1: Yeah. Okay. You know, See, I don't if, feel sympathy
3: for these people going through shit if I if I can't. I
1: sympathize. do. Under, I do understand where you're coming from because I will occasionally watch a film where the characters are so. Um, I just can't uh, relate to them at all or like mm. them at all to the point that I can't get into the film. Yeah. However, I th- I have found that there are some films where I find that that's not necessary and the, the story that's laid over the top of it is enough that it doesn't matter that I can't quite like mm. the characters. Yeah, but, and yeah. that being said, even though Natalie Portman's character at the beginning of this film is annoying, I do find myself aligning to her to, to an extent mm-hmm. because you've got this... I mean, right from the start, you've got this absolutely incredible nuanced dynamic between her and her mother, which is so Who's fascinating. Barbara
0: Hershey? Barbara Hershey. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yay. So good. I don't, I don't know who that no, is, No, no, she, but. yeah, she's a oh brilliant actress. Oh, my God, really? Okay. She sorry. does. Sorry. It's just she, the minute she was in this, I was like, oh, my God, I know I'm on for a ride because she's able to play with this twist twist and gleam of evil just brilliantly.
1: Yeah. Well, it's, it's and, and that, I mean, and that dynamic immediately kind of drew me in. I was like, okay, this is interesting. I'm really, and it's part of, for me, even though the character is annoying, it's part of what helps me to align to her. And I think helps the audience to align to her because you hate the mother and you're like, yeah. oh my God, like she's so fucking overbearing and controlling and she's too involved. And you slowly start to learn that, she is living vicariously through her daughter and she, yeah. she gave up or, or or the way she sees it, she lost her career in ballet because she fell pregnant to, we understand, or it's suggested that she fell pregnant to a director, much like the director in this film of the ballet company who chose her and favoured her and they had an affair, obviously, and she had a baby and was no longer able to have her career. So yeah. she's jealous and overbearing and living vicariously through her daughter and and i think you know her daughter yeah we do we you know you talk about how she's kind of annoying and softly spoken um and i think though she has to be right because part of the whole tension and the central the central theme of this film is the duality of her personality and how all of us have a i guess a darkness within a, us a
0: light and so, a dark side yeah. yeah so
1: she has to be like excessively light at the beginning. She has to be meek, she has to be timid, she has to be softly spoken, um, and this is obviously played out in the metaphor of Swan Lake where the director keeps talking to her about how she's perfect as the white swan, but he can't quite get her to bring the kind of energy he needs for the black swan, which is the black swan is evil and seductive and dark. So, I mean, this is why our main character yeah, and, is so... And-
0: And for me, I mean, there's a lot that I relate into this as an artist. As someone who also studied dance and ballet, there was a lot that connected Mm. to it as well, where you're fighting this duality within yourself. Mm. You have to force yourself to be one thing and not another. It's beautifully filmed. Like, the Mm. artistry in it is so good. Um, as is the actual ballet work, which I thought was just brilliant. Yeah. It, it, the thing that's chilling about this film, though, is the way it shows pain and the oh, pain she's experiencing. Like yes. I was cutting my nails while watching this because oh, no. I had <laughs> to. Because I had to, and I was like. I had to, literally, I was going to be wearing a latex outfit, all this different stuff. I had to cut my nails mm. for a performance I was doing. And watching this film, which is one where, you know, the mother's cutting her nails and cutting her, she's ripping a hangnail out, all of this this tension Ugh. of pain. It's, it's insane. But but it's also, also this constant, she's she's this timid little thing that someone's trying to bring something out of her and there's a dark side within her, but is there or is there not? The, the thing throughout the whole film, is we know that this is all messing with her mind, and is mm. she doing things? Is has she got a dark side that's ultimately doing terrible things to people, or does she have? Um, is is that all being played tricks on her mind? I mm. it was going around and round in circles with me right up until the final performance mm. about whether or not uh, the mother was real, uh, Myla Kunis was real. Um, oh, I never questioned whether the real. mother was real. I, I I, absolutely questioned it. And then when Amila Kutis' character, who is the free spirit in the dance company, yes. who is amazing and beautiful, like the energy that she brings to what she does and how. Mm. And at first I was constantly frustrated that they keep saying, she's such a better dancer than you. Look at how free-spirited she is. And they'd always have her dancing with her hair out and being really goofy. Mm. And I was like, this... Is really frustrating because a ballet company wouldn't let her be that way. No, they but also, um, it was it was more about that portrayal within her mind because she gets cast as the understudy, and mm. and then she starts to look like her, and the way in which she yeah. plays and balances I is think, really strong know, and amazing.
1: Elmer and I talked about this last night because I I didn't really pick up on this as much the first time I watched this film because I hadn't seen this film since two thousand and ten when it came out, and watching it again, I was like, oh, holy shit. I don't, you know, it's meant to be, we don't know if that other ballet dancer is, is real or is she in her mind? Exactly. Is she, is she Is she a projection? Um, yeah. And we, we came to the conclusion and agreement at the end that she is real because there are moments in the film where other people say things or interact with her in mm-hmm. a way that you're like, no, she's real, but there are certain scenes where she, our main character, is imagining that she's there when she's not so she is a real person but there are times when uh, Natalie Portman is imagining that she's there when she's actually not and she begins to project uh project the darker side of herself onto this character and you can see that she you think she thinks she's fighting with or resisting this other girl but she's re- actually resisting herself she's resisting the yeah. darkness in herself and this is what this character represents to her,
0: but I think how- I think as well that was when I was like the portrayal of oh her hair's out and all these different things she's a mm. free spirit. I think part of what they did with that as well in a very massive way is they're showing us what she sees, how she's yes. not this someone who's constantly the juxtaposition, yes. and yep. and when we hit a point that we finally go within after this massive, massive turning point in the film towards the end where we realise that that this is all in, within her head in a really massive way. Mm. The portrayal Mar- Marla Kinnis does of that character is actually different to the portrayal we've seen the whole time. So we start to see We see her for real in that really brief moment. And I think that's the first time we see her for real. Right. O- outside of her head because she didn't think she was there.
1: I mean, it's possible yeah, it's possible that, yes. Yeah, Am so- I overthinking
0: it? That's how I No, no, no. I get what you're saying. It.
1: Like there are scenes in the, in the, in the film where, Yes, she is actually there, but we are seeing her through Natalie Portman's eyes. Through Natalie Portman's Um, eyes, And I think you might be right that the first time we see her objectively as she is, is perhaps the scene right at the end where she just knocks on her dressing room door to say, I just wanted to say well done on your performance. You were awesome. Um, Yeah, exactly. You were awesome. I I also wanted to talk about, and and I actually thought, Shori, that you might have really dug this. Hmm. I didn't realise until I watched this a second time how much this is kind of a body horror film. And how much yeah, like light, But yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's light in. I mean, it's in, not body melts. Like it's know. it's <laughs> it's light in terms of the like the makeup and the the effects. But in terms of like thematically, it's actually this this film is heavily focused on bodily um, mutation, bodily mm. pain. Um, like there's there's, and I think. I feel like this is. I think it's
0: wonderful the way they did that with the the twist of ballet as well because you expect it and see it. So it really, Hmm. when we get these elements, because part of what's happening with Natalie Portman is she's trying to become the black swan and the white swan Mm. for the performance. When she's having these really manic episodes, her physical body is starting to form into a swan.
1: And, yes. and her
0: body is starting to be painful, and and, and also and yeah, just beyond can, that,
1: just weird pain, and and like you said, the hangnail, yeah. and like the, well, the
0: broken The cutting of the fingers and the toenail, and and, yeah, and, and, yeah. and, and I, this is what I love as well. We're at that thing where I think the really smart thing they did with the film is all those elements of thing you expect from ballet. So when mm. we hit the point that the swan transformation starts to happen, which is fully intense and strange and real, mm. I think what's really interesting is they played this subtlety of body horror. Through a medium that we expect that pain to already exist, so we've missed it, which I think is really yeah. smart.
1: Yeah, I, I think that the the bodily horror is also, um, to an extent, a metaphor for how these, these kinds of um, these kinds of industries, whether it's uh, uh, art or sport, um, things like ballet and certain kinds of um, elite sport, your body is not your own you 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 yeah. have to go through and yeah. people and people willingly subject themselves to intense bodily Aye. pain it's a, and it's a um a good parallel with
3: um another aronofsky aronofsky film uh, the wrestler not so I much the psychological long, version but it's but it's the, the same bodily, sort of thing it shows yeah. a guy whose body is breaking down at the end of his career that's right and he wants that yeah. one big last yeah. match and it's a similar sort of thing like it's
0: and I mean, I'm a, I'm a wrestling yeah. fan.
3: You see the way these bodies break down and the, the pain these people put themselves through. But the same with ballet dancers. You know, and it's, I find, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. And I think with ballet, totally.
1: like, the, the metaphor, particularly for in terms of what she's going through as well, is so, um, it's such a perfect met- metaphor because psychologically she is breaking down as her body mm, yeah. is breaking down, and then mm-hmm. at the same time that she's trying to embody both the light and the dark in her depiction of the swan, at the same time ballet presents uh, people's bodies as these beautiful ethereal light flowing figures whilst at the same time physically breaking them down mm-hmm. people are yeah. dancing yeah. on broken toenails and and shattered ankle bones and there's yeah. also a
3: metaphor when they're designed they're putting their um they've got new ballet slippers and she's bri- yes. bending them and she's cutting them and no, you're right it is a really apart. good
1: metaphor mm. for what you what they do to their bodies mm. like they break them and cut them i it, you know what's fascinating i i just a few days ago, I saw a, a clip came up on my for you page on TikTok. I don't know why this came up actually, because I don't, I'm not into <laughs> ballet. But of a ballet, you can control TikTok. No, a ballet dancer um, um, showing what they do to break in their shoes. And I'm not even kidding, it was almost exactly yeah. what she does in Black Swan. And oh, no, I was no, I'm sure. I'm, yeah, as we were watching yeah. it, I was saying to Elroy, no, this is what they really do. Like they snap them and they cut that bit and they get the lighter and they they like, they like um, seal the like, end of the ribbons and yep. they... Um, that
0: is 100% accurate. Yeah. That was 100%, well, 100% yeah. accurate. I have a friend
1: like, who does ballet and I sent her that TikTok and I said, is this really what they do? And she said... The professional and elite ballet dancers, yes, she said. Yeah. A lot of other ballet dancers that aren't at that level, they'll just like through time and use, they'll wear in their their, mm-hmm. their point shoes. But a lot of the professionals will, yes, do that to to try that and wear exactly them in more quickly. Um, but I thought I absolutely love this film. I think that um, I, I do, despite <laughs> despite what Shuri says, I I actually adored Natalie Portman in this. I thought mm. she was fantastic even to the point that when she starts to turn at the end into the Black Swan, I thought that performance was brilliant. Somehow yeah. just dancing on the stage, I felt the different energy coming from her. She felt dark and she felt in control and and she felt like I, I just, I thought it was fantastic and it was yeah. sad. I actually, I felt for her. And when she fell at the end and was actually dying, But but was it peace? I just was like, oh, I'm feeling all the things. Um, So this is the thing
0: with this film is she actually is living through the experience she's trying to create. And the only way she can do it is to physically do it and do it to herself. Exactly, is 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 so literally transform
1: and literally die and, yeah. Yeah. And I'm and,
0: just thinking and, and does that in her opening night performance. And we haven't even gotten to the craziness of Wanana Rhoda. Wanana Ryder. Ryder. Wanana Rada. Wanana we Wanana Can we
1: call her Wanana Rhoda from now on? Wanana Rhoda, who was fantastic in this as well. Absolutely, Absolutely brilliant. brilliant. Um, and I this time, because I didn't watch when I first saw it, but this time I did watch the scene where she stabs herself in the face with the or does she? Because she gets the nail file, exactly. stabs herself in the cheek, and then Natalie Portman runs away in the elevator, and she's holding the nail file, and I'm like, yeah. "Did you just stab her?" Like,
0: and what I love is bitch. there's no, there's never an explanation. No, and, and it doesn't is, need to be, and, and I
1: think it would have ruined the leader. film if they yeah. tried to. Yeah.
0: And this is this is what know. I love as well. I think you're a hundred percent because just like I was saying about Myla Kunis' character, where we think that one point is when we finally see her for real, I think mm. that same thing can be said for the mother.
1: Yeah, you don't need who, to know. Like, was was you know, was this other character real? When was she real? Well, when no, was no, she no we know the
0: character is real, but when we see the realness of her, yes, is yes, actually is yes. actually when she's sitting in the audience watching mm. her daughter towards that final scene when yes. she's about to end yes. her life. And and we look at their faces towards each other and are just like, oh my God, like mm. there's something different to the relationship. Yes. And the way this film both through physicality, like the use of dance, the use of structure, the use of effects is amazing. Mm. But the way Natalie Portman has, the tension keeps building and you're constantly looking mm. at a reflection, whether it's a reflection in a mirror, whether it's a reflection mm. in a tra- on a train, there's so many elements that constantly mm. move towards this. It's quite dark and really brilliantly done. It's but what I love dark, about yeah. it as well is it actually shows a real reality to the life of that culture and The Life of a Performer, which I it's, thought was really amazing and strong.
1: Yeah. It's um, it's um,
3: it's not even Aronofsky's scariest film, though. Really? Have you guys seen Requiem for a Dream?
1: I have not seen I that. I have not. I, it's on my I, list.
3: I would suggest watching it once and you will never watch it again.
1: Well, that's the thing. Really? I, I, keep, I keep saying to people it's on my list and people are like, ooh. Yeah. Yeah, everyone's it's, like, I don't know ooh. if you want to see it. And I'm like. Really? And they're like, "Look, just make sure you're in the right headspace." Yeah. And then just yep. Can I ask yeah. look,
0: what is that headspace? What do you think that headspace means? Well, that movie, it's a movie about drug
3: addiction. And it okay. it shows the lengths people will go to either get their drugs or what happens because of their drugs, and it is Okay. It's a movie that should be I think except for some scenes which are a bit probably inappropriate, it should be shown in high schools to get people off drugs because it definitely will. Really? <laughs> yeah, 100%. Mm.
1: Um, I was just going to say one point about this film that I forgot is uh, the bodily autonomy, I think, is is a big theme in this film. So, you know, yeah. I talked about before that she doesn't have, her body is not her own. And, no. and we see this even in this, uh, one of the most brilliantly shot, cringy scenes I've ever seen in a film that really just makes you go, oh, that hits some kind of Freudian psychological thing in my body where she she finally um, she masturbates in bed and yes. then turns over and her mum is in the room <laughs> asleep in the chair. But even that, like, she can't just be alone with her body. You know, when she gets <laughs> yes. home, her mum is insisting on helping her undress and she's like, I can do it. I'm not a child anymore. Like, her body is never her own in this film. <laughs> Did you think also
0: that played that played into an interesting way where, you know, like because there's part of this narrative as well, well, did he ask you to sleep with him, sleep Mm. with the director to get the part, all those different things, and the way in which that chemistry and seduction melted and moulded in different perspectives, friendships and relationships constantly did as well, and that same thing where they go out of their way to constantly show the lack of body autonomy given, but Mm. when those moments of blatant disrespect that we expect and we see coming occur, it gives it a completely different energy.
2: Mm, yeah. Did you feel that way? And well, just, what, what do you because mean? Because we're
0: constantly seeing, well, it's not not like in a positive or negative way, but it mm. gives it an energy where it doesn't just paint it black and white in a film where it's constantly trying to be. It's still wrong on every way, yeah, shape, yeah. and form. It's still like I'm not in any way trying to paint mm. it that way. But the grey in which they create for it, because you're constantly, no, watching, you're constantly you're watching a person... Physically being broken down and interacted with in so many different elements, and that—I mean—that's a conscious choice. Like, it doesn't need to be shown. No, I do. I do know what you
1: mean. Like, um, it's—it's—it's confronting because this guy is constantly um, transgressing boundaries and and interacting with her in ways that she does not consent to. But it hits in ways beyond that. So it does that, but it also makes you feel. Because, yeah, because so much of the film centres around her body and her lack yeah. of control, um, and also her resistance to um, her resistance to carnal pleasures, like her resistance yeah. to indulging. Even the fact she's resistant to taking drugs, she's resistant to having a drink, she's resistant to sexual conduct. She's she's just. Yeah, and that's everything that the black yeah. swan embodies and she, yeah. you know, she needs to kind of.
0: And, and it's that same thing as well because there were parts where I was like, come on, surely she's done this. But I realised this is her play, this duality within her, mm, that mm. she can't be one or the other, you know, to be mm. the lead. I want to be the white swan and the mm, black swan. And and it's just, it's, wow, it's yep. just great. I'm sorry, sorry, I know you didn't like it, and, and but there's so much in it. That but thank, I you, think for, but thank really you for brilliant.
1: watching it because I yeah. think we all yes. at different points are watching Films that we may not have usually watched, and I think that's it's good yeah. for all of
0: us. We're getting that, exposed oh, to new stuff. hundred percent. And the thing is too,
3: like, I, it's not like I went, no, I'm not watching it. I watched it, and yeah, as yeah. I said, I didn't enjoy it. But it's also probably not a movie for me. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. when we, as we're going through this, people will start to probably look and go, probably not a Shory movie because of the movies he picks. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, absolutely. But yeah,
0: but we if, should know, actually have is a thing where is. we go these. Be- these are the films for tomorrow. Who do you think picked them?
1: That's a good <laughs> idea, actually. think <laughs> correctly. Yeah. That's a good idea because mm. I would think at this point in the podcast people should be able to start to pick which was yep. the Emma, which was the Dean. I don't know. I, well, I think I definitely think earlier the, is easier. the Emma and the Shoreys, I think it's <laughs> easiest to pick. a <laughs> Dean, I think it's a bit harder. To pick yours You're a bit all
3: over the place with your Teen yeah.
1: and your Black Swan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no,
0: but I love every, like, and that's what like I was talking about with horror, horror. I'm like, I like it for so many different layers and levels <laughs> that. Bless you. But sometimes I might be. Bless you. I'm waiting for you to sneeze and it just goes all over the camera. And we go, oh, Jesus! No,
1: I won't let that happen. <laughs> um, okay, so let's get on to our second film for this episode. Yes. um, yes. This was the Shuri pick. So Shari, this was can- the.
3: Yeah, the the backup Shory pick. As much as I, I like this movie, sure, but sure. it was the the backup. Like for just for uh, to be honest with everybody, I chose two movies that we could not find anywhere. One was Frailty, which is one of the one of my favourite psychological movies of all time. The other one was Session Nine, which anyone who's seen that it is. I I I want you. I want everyone to go on. I and have find heard great movies.
1: things about Session Nine.
3: Yeah, yeah, they're both phenomenal movies. But I picked. Uh, it's a movie from 2014 called The Guest and it's uh, the IMDb is a soldier introduces himself to the Peterson family claiming to be a friend of their son who died in action. After the young man is welcomed into their home, a series of accidental deaths seem to be connected to his presence. Now I saw this one on Shudder Mm. and there's the, the main actor in it, uh, Dan Stevens, I think has such a presence in this film and this, if you got to a certain point in this film, this could be one of those, um, a family friendly, happy met, yeah. friend of friend of a friend comes to a stay with the family and changes everyone's perspective on life. And the son becomes more confident and the daughter becomes a different person and everyone's happy. And then it all goes really fucking pear shaped and becomes a very,
0: very different movie. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I was like, of course, I mean, I know it wasn't your first pick, but I was like, of course this is a shory pick. But also, <laughs> like, the whole time I'm like, I just feel like there was a disconnect between the costuming and props department and, and set department and the directing and the script and the acting. Like, oh. I just feel like... Sheesh. I just feel like... <laughs> I mean, it's no Oscar winner, I, but... I do actually no, no, no. agree. Yeah. I, I mean, and that's the thing, I'm like, it's not bad. and that, It's not bad, but I was watching it and I'm like, I do not understand why they went with, it's that thing as well where it literally just needed, the sinisterness was there, the tone was there, but there's something about it that felt, you know, almost, you know when TV shows are filmed on for the sci-fi channel and they use video instead of film and stuff like that and Mm. all those different things. It almost felt like that where, that and and it didn't get in the way, but I just felt like it softened it so much that it it didn't build the tension for me in the way I wanted.
1: I, I felt that, I had a similar feeling, but it was more, I felt that this film didn't know what it wanted to be. I couldn't quite I couldn't I, I, I was I was struggling to find an anchor to hold on to. Um and, and it had the potential to do, to to be something, but once it got to the the sort of the third act when they're at the high school with the haunted house. Yeah. For me that's where it really started to unravel and I was very even the the choice of um music in the background at times was very very old. It was weird, um, right? And I couldn't quite I, and there was a point where I was like is this even technically a horror? Like I'm um, but then it sort of things evolved to a point where I was like oh, no no no. Okay, yes, I can see how this is in the in the horror genre. Um but just it wasn't a bad film but it wasn't a great film. It was just it
0: was disjointed. It, I think I, also we've had we had psychological horrors that we've been watching that have built this is the last of the lot that I've watched as well. Right. But they built tension in such a different way. This mm. built tension in advance it, it didn't it, you knew exactly what who the who the bad guy was from the start. You mm, knew it mm. wasn't comfortable. You knew it wasn't okay. Hmm. There's a deliberate choice to have the opposite to things be so overt, like the father and the mm. mother. They they are mm. they are very specifically acting that way for a very specific reason, mm. and and it, it was I think because they couldn't I, I almost feel like because certain elements couldn't happen they maybe had to over exaggerate certain things. Mm. But I mean, it's it's uh, that disjoint is absolutely there. Mm. Um, but it really does go, you know, like this is. I almost, you know what it is, you know, it's the whole military science thing that drew me, I think, the most. I thought I found that a bit
1: flimsy. It felt like they just went, "Ah, he was part of an experiment and uh, now he's Which is fine,
0: but they took it into an action movie direction and that confused the fuck out of my brain.
1: Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, it felt like it was not, it wasn't really clear what the film wanted to be. Um, which is a shame because it did have I think the premise is really interesting, really, really interesting that you've got this figure that turns up um, from from not even from the past. You, they don't even know him, but he can clearly point to photos in their house and be like, see, that's, that's me. I knew your son who's now passed away. So you've got yeah. this perfect premise where a, a family is obviously vulnerable, they're grieving, and they're they're desperately looking for a connection with their son and this figure turns up, you've got to, per- do you know what? If they just leaned in, leaned into the to the kind of tacky, this could have been the perfect exactly. direct-to-TV midday movie. <laughs> I, <Yeah>. can, <laughs> I can totally see this becoming, you know, if this was a direct-to-TV midday movie, the guy... That The army guy would have been slowly but surely seducing the mum, planting little seeds of doubt that, that her husband was happen. is doing yeah. this or that and then there's this climactic scene at the end where, you know, he she discovers it and they have a, yeah. a face-off and you see some titties for a second and then they fight <laughs> and then, you know.
0: But, it, that, but that's my thing. That's where <laughs> I thought it was going to be that hand the rock, the element. I thought it was going to yeah, be yeah. that this is the son, he knew our son in the war or whatever, da 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 da, da and we yep. welcome this stranger into our home, and is he or isn't he? But from the start, you know he's the creeper. From mm. Even when it's like, this guy's dangerous, people are dead. Oh, don't be silly. No, 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 it's very obvious. Like, it it, it, it got to be two-dimensional. And instead mm. of going dark, even the moment where he's finally killed and then um, by the girl, and the, the daughter and the son, um, but the, the the thing about it, it didn't feel so climactic because we've had all this army-chasing violent spree of all these other characters mm. that didn't matter into it when, in fact, it should have been about them the whole time. Mm. And when he starts indiscriminately killing, it doesn't feel like, oh, my God, this tension has built because he's been yeah, doing that yeah, yeah. the whole way. It's
1: like, well.
0: Um, but yeah. Shori's incredibly I'm so quiet, sorry, Shori. That concerns me. That's okay. Yeah. I feel no, no, bad.
1: Look, We're just ragging on your film.
0: Sorry. That's yeah, all right. It like, needed to be darker,
3: anyway. darker and um, less 90s <laughs> movie. Sorry. No, no. Look, I think I think you're right in some aspects. Um, I think I like this one a lot better than you guys did. I think, like the, you're right, and there's there's the just disjointed with the army experiment. Like if he was just you know a shell shocked veteran instead of it being the experiment, it would have worked a lot better. Mm. I like the idea that the the family are very vulnerable, and so they just go, yeah, of course you do. Yeah, yep, of course you knew my son. That's it. Come and mm. hang out with us and be our best friend. Mm. Um but I think for me the it's the again like we, like I said with the stepfather I think it's the Dan Stevens performance I think he just has this presence he's Great. Yeah. Oh, and excellent. Excellent. Absolutely every excellent. time he's on screen he he is the screen. He is what is mm. going on and he is yep. so well so uh, just holds court whenever he's there. Um, I think it's just sort of everything else around him that lets him down a little bit. And mm. like I said, this was a a backup of a backup movie,
0: so mm-hmm. like it was I needed oh, something yeah. that we would be able to see yeah. easily. But it's not is, as well, psychological as everything like, else. But he is he is brilliant, and that's I don't want to take away from his performance in any, any way or shape. When I say, yeah. well, you know, he's bad from the start. It's, yeah. it's it's deliberate, and he's very – he doesn't overplay his hand to be menacing or anything like that. Like, he's really yeah. strong in the way in which he plays it. I just think, unfortunately, it got let down by everything else around it.
3: Yeah, and I think this is one of those ones, like we said before, like when we were talking about with The Invitation, it's one of those lower-budget thriller sort of movies that there was such a glut of them probably between sort of about 2010 to 2020 mm. where everyone could make a movie. Everyone made these small little independent yeah. movies. And yep. they all just get lost in the shuffle. And this was made yeah. by Adam Wingard, who's now gone on to make Godzilla versus King Kong. Mm-hmm. And he made the Blair Witch, uh, the recent Blair Witch remake slash sequel thing. <laughs> yeah, okay. um, so like we there don't a lot talk of these about guys them, no, no, no. <laughs> who made these sorts of films in the early 2010s that have now gone on to bigger, you know, massive things. And it's so it like I like this movie, but I also see it as more of a, a calling card for a director. In yeah. that way. Look Look what I can do. I know the movie is disjointed, but look what I can do as a director. And for Dan Stevens, who went on to be, he's the lead character in the Legion TV show. Yeah. So yeah. it's a calling yeah, card yeah, for yeah, him yeah. because everyone else around him is fine. He is a showcase in this. He's great in this. Mm. And I think a lot 100%. of it is, is down to that as well. Whereas, mm. you know, But also it's it's got, a, it's got a bit of a fun throwback to the mid-80s sort of thriller to it as well. Yep. Where I could see this movie with someone like a Bruce Willis starring in it or, a, you know, a Dolph Lundgren or someone like that in the 80s mm. playing this character, and you could see it. It's it's just a bit of a throwback as well.
2: Absolutely. The thing
0: is, I guess, if it had just leaned more one way or another, I would have been happy because it sat yeah. in the middle. That was what was mm. killing me. It just needed yep. to lean one way or another. Like a choice. To really work well. Yeah, yeah. I yep. get it, yeah. Exactly.
1: Yep.
3: But yes. Well. But we should move on to possibly one of the – Greatest horror movies of all time.
1: I think. Okay. Hang yeah, on, hang I on, was, on, was hang about to say this is, one's quite a heavy hitter.
3: And we'll be talking about is. our Summer Party Massacre two again.
0: No, we will not. <laughs> and this is the one that I haven't seen yet at all. Which so I wasn't able to watch it with this. So I'm going to be more me. quiet. But also <laughs> yeah. in my life, and and I'm just going to play some audio now, taking us back to the moment that um Shuri and Em realised just before we hit record. <gasps>
3: All right. What order yeah. are we doing this next one in? Guest. Um, I'm
0: guessing the guest in the middle.
3: Yes.
1: Sure. Um, I don't mind. Look,
3: look. I would say Shining last, but that's because it's the best movie on the list. But
0: then, then let's do Shining last. Like, <laughs> I, sure. I yeah, the
1: yeah. Shining's. A, I mean, you can't go.
0: It's a classic. Wrong. It's, it's a great yeah. film.
1: Yeah, it's a brilliant film. It's the and yeah, I'm going to
0: enjoy hearing about it either way. <laughs>
1: Excuse me. What? Have you not seen The Shining?
0: No, so this is, I haven't seen it at all. What? And this is the one, and no, no, but okay, This we need to keep this recording in. I wish I, so The Shining is the one where I'm like, okay, I, I'm not going to be able, and it's the same thing with The Sixth Sense, like it's on my list. I, wow. Oh, wow.
1: Yeah, it's I'm like really wow. blown away oh, by
0: wow. that. Wow. They, wow. wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> this is why. This is why I'm happy we've done this podcast because it's forcing me to go, yeah, I need to. If it wasn't for the internet and being an absolute frigging mess, if the internet wasn't an absolute <laughs> mess, I would have yeah, wa- like, Okay, literally. Dean, how
1: is that an excuse for having never seen The Shining? No,
0: Has this, the internet have you seen, been a mess have you seen for, like, your some entire life? The Shining? I don't know if you know this, but you I'm in a, a bad mood
1: oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> 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 You've got The Shining, lad.
3: I'm the Shining. <laughs> Give me The Shining. You want to get yourself seen? I
1: think... Um, I, I think that the the shinning is probably one of my favorite treehouse of horrors yes. parodies. It is so fucking funny. Give me the bat,
3: Marge. Give me the
1: bat. Give me the bat. So you have it's to like keep I'm, all of this in somewhere, Dean. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I meant to ask Dean, just out of interest. Wait, wait till I, I do know. my
3: Jack Nicholson impression later.
1: Oh, Jesus.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, we've done that. Great. <laughs> That's right, yeah. we're talking about The Shining
1: and so, I'm going to be torn to Yeah, tread. The Shining. So this was my pick for psychological horror. Um, and, yeah, I do. I, I would agree. I think this is it, it's a heavy hitter in the genre, Ooh, absolutely. Yeah. So, Shori, sure, so, hit us with the IMDb.
3: So a family heads to an isolated hotel for the winter where a sinister presence influences the father into violence while his psychic son sees horrific forebodings from both past and future.
1: Well, that's quite a, that's sort of a little bit detailed for IMDb. They're often, mm,
3: that's very much
1: more succinct than that. Yeah. Um, but okay, I mean, I, I think. I, although maybe we can't assume that everyone's seen this, since shockingly well, Dean hasn't seen this, but I would assume but spoilers
0: are on left and right. But we're, I, people, we're spoiling. But, so, yeah,
1: but also, but I, but I would, I would, I would assume, say, stop
3: and go watch it if you haven't. Like, it's, well,
1: yeah, probably just pause it. Go watch the The Shining. Um, I would <laughs> I would suspect most of our listeners have seen this movie before. And kind a of shortcut um, for you, mate. I just mates. need
0: to check. I just need to check. Am I thinking about the right film? Because you're saying shinning, not shining. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, no,
1: no. Just just, reference it's to the Simpsons. the Simpsons Halloween of Horror. It's a Simpsons
0: okay, cool. Simpsons. I just want to want to make sure I'm not like. Ben <laughs> no, no, no. We are talking about The okay. Shining with Jack the,
1: the, Nicholson. Um, the Shining okay, is the,
0: um,
3: the <laughs> slasher movie I'm writing about a guy who goes and just kicks people in the shins. Ow.
1: <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> Um, uh, I, can I be very clear? That is one I would not want to watch. Like, no, absolutely not. Either. I'd be called, curled up in a ball.
1: Can I, can I ask, Steve, have you seen the Simpsons Treehouse of Horror episode about the show? Yes, it's,
0: yes, it's, okay, yes. Okay, cool. I, I okay, have, okay, a, okay. I have. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. I was just um, like, wait, am, am I confusing everything <laughs> more oh, now? well, look, because I mean, that's... Blood usually gets off on the second know. floor. I mean, I'm not going to lie. That <laughs> film that we just talked about, The Guest, the whole time watching it, I was like, I'm clearly watching the wrong one. This isn't oh. the version that I'm meant to be watching the whole time because I just assumed I was wrong, which, let's mm. face it, it's happened how many times? Well, it's happen hey, again. listen, <laughs> the,
1: the Treehouse of Horrors, um, re, re, you know, rendition of The Shining isn't really far off like what, oh, what no, it's the, yeah, the, the blow by blow, what happens in the film. But what I what I will say about The Shining is I think, so this is obviously an adaptation of a very um, famous Stephen King novel, um, and I think this is one of those cases where uh because I know pe- people have very strong feelings about adaptations because people get very attached to s- books that they love and stories of being, being presented the way they were written. This is, I, I believe, an example of an adaptation where I don't think it matters that this film is not 100% faithful to the story and no. the way that it evolves in the book because the film is its own thing. Like, yeah, so yeah. the film. Okay. And I've just gone absolutely because, blank because it's a super well-known director. Who, Stanley Kubrick. Who, thank you, Stanley but also, Kubrick.
3: S- Stephen King hates this adaptation. Does he really? He straight up hates it. Yeah, he <gasps> said it's it's nothing uh, nothing like the vision he had for the book. See, but and this so, is the
1: thing. I, I feel like that's okay. Do you know Do you mm, know what I mean? Yeah. The film does not erase the book. The book no. still exists. I've read the book and I loved the book. I've seen the film, obviously.
3: Obviously. God, I hope so. Um, <laughs> Otherwise,
1: it's going to be a wee talk. Um I'll just talk okay. for 20 minutes. <laughs> I've, I've seen the film and I love the film. And the film is a different beast. I think Kubrick mm. is fantastic at building tension and mm-hmm. building a sense of dread um the way he evokes this idea of isolation right from the start the very yep. beginning of the film we see a very lo- uh, not long shot like a bird's eye view shot of a car winding through incredibly isolated
3: um, <laughs> I forgot grandpa um yes yeah,
1: yeah, incredibly isolated <laughs> Sorry. environments no, 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 no! To no, apologise no.
3: to everybody, I will be making jokes from
0: the Simpsons, Simpsons Halloween special because it's it is fine. one of the best it's ones. It's fine,
1: too. but um, I'm
0: putting it in your minds as well. I know we're doing a 31 day podcast, but I think during October we could also each week just do um, a live Facebook live chat about our favourite Simpsons Treehouse yes. so well, we Horror. <gasps> you can do one for yes. every day of October. There is God. there are three episodes right, there's now going on. I love. I love. Anyway, anyway. Maybe, um, right. Maybe that's that's the podcast for next Halloween. Yes. Yeah. Thirty-one days of. Anyway, citizens. okay.
1: So we said this right from the beginning. There is a sense of isolation. Like <laughs> this. This. It's the only car on the road. It's a very isolated environment. And that fucking opening score is just so like. Burr, burr. Mm-hmm. It's just like very dark and foreboding and. That that foreboding—that's really the word of it. That, yeah, that that's the word. That yeah. Sense everything
3: ominous. That, yeah. that
1: sense of foreboding mm. is just constant throughout the entire film, um, and Jack Nicholson—I mean—perfectly cast, absolutely perfectly cast. Mm-hmm. I think for mm-hmm. this film, he has a way. He has a way of portraying crazy. Like my my favorite yeah.
3: delivery of his in the whole movie is when he's when she's got the bat and he's going, just give me the bat. Give me the bat. And then he he goes, I'm not going to kill you. I'm just going to bash your fucking brains in. And it's he goes from Mm. this, like, just being really nice and calm. Come on. And he just shows just the mental snap of him. He's just like, no, that's it. Fuck it. It's over. And I I think,
1: and, and you know what? Yes, I agree with you. And when he really loses it, it's absolutely incredible to watch him as an actor do that. But I think what's also just as impressive are the moments that lead up to that where Mm -hmm. he those the small, like the microaggressions, the small Mm -hmm. moments Mm -hmm. where he starts to turn a little bit and you can see that he's he's got a very short fuse and he's not and he's not patient when, you know, his son is interrupting him when he's trying to write or when his wife you
0: know So is he the father? Yeah,
1: yes. I didn't know that. Yes. Okay. So, so just. <laughs> I'm learning. Everyone, I'm learning a lot. No, it's no. Quite, just to great. just to lay That's it out. It's touched for a you. lot
3: more in the book as well, though. Like it goes into yes. that he is he is pretty much an abusive alcoholic.
1: I was about to say okay. something. The only thing that I'll say that frustrates me about the film is that the wife, and this has been, she's become the subject. This character has been the subject of memes, and a lot of reviews <laughs> of the film have talked about how. She's really portrayed as this, a bit of a harpy. She's um, this kind of uh, like screaming victim. She's constantly like, there's a lot of shots of her just kind of losing it and falling apart and screaming, depicted as a bit helpless and and irritatingly so, um, which is a little bit Frustrating that they went yeah, with that, yeah. that depiction because the reality, and this is not portrayed in the film anywhere near to the extent that it is in the book, is that he is an abusive partner mm-hmm. and he has mm-hmm. been for some time. Mm-hmm. And this is, and this is much more clearly um, depicted in the book. Um, yeah. And in fact, I would, I would say that in the book, the wife does not come across as quite so helpless. No. Or, or irritating, or, um, or, or like a, a harpy. She's, she's just this woman stuck with this, um, this abusive partner, and finds herself in this situation where she's mm. isolated in this massive, creepy hotel, um, mm-hmm. with just her abusive, um, partner and her son, and she slowly starts to realize that this is becoming a dangerous situation for her, and has yeah. to figure out how to get out of it, um. But and and the film, yeah. So that that is one aspect, one aspect of the film that that frustrates um,
3: me. What came out later on too was that Stanley Kubrick was abusive to her when she was on set. He was horrible to her. It's all come out later on that he treated her like shit. Would make her do hundreds of takes, which he was known for doing lots of takes anyway. Mm. But he would make it. Whereas then he would get Jack Nicholson to do five takes, and it was done. And so I think, you know, I I'm not excusing the abuse or anything like that. I think he's trying to get her to be that level of. So no, he shit. tried to
1: abuse it to pull that out of it, yeah.
3: But in a horrible way and it like, yeah. it works. What, it works a cis white male, what a cis white male approach <laughs> to directing. What a fucking like,
0: disgusting. Yeah, yeah. He was like that for real, so yeah.
1: therefore
3: mm.
0: bang and off. The
3: thing is, like, it, it does work for the film, but then mm. it also, it is a horrible, like, hey. But also no. It, there's a there's a yeah. story for um, a movie called Marathon Man with, uh what's his name, Dustin Hoffman. Mm. And the actor whose name I can't remember is this famous old actor and Dustin Hoffman turned up the set, and he's all tired. He's supposed to look like he's been, you know, up all night and everything. So he did mm. stay up all night. And the the famous actor turned around and said to him, "Why don't you just try acting?" <laughs> <laughs> he's not wrong. And so, he's like, not wrong. You know, if if you want her to be like this, instead of abusing her, say to her, "Hey, how about we just act like you're being abused?"
0: Mm. <laughs> you know. I mean, Fuck. it's been interesting as well. I mean, we, I mean, we're still hearing things now about film sets just in recent years. But yeah. that was the way that. You know, and 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 female actors as well, building their life in a career. It's just it's just crazy. It's just nuts. Yeah. If that's the only to it's to do it too. The only way, mm-hmm. but I know. But but like these people are trained. Like they do mm-hmm. the work yeah. to be able to.
1: At the end of the day, no, no art is worth that. In no. my opinion, no, no, no art, art is, between, more, is more important than one one person's um, suffering or right yeah. not to suffer. Like, you, and there
3: there is a difference between getting frustrated with somebody because mm. we all work and we all we all get mm. frustrated with people you work with. Mm. The difference between getting frustrated with somebody and just straight up abusing somebody to get Absolutely. what you want out of them. Bang and on. to be
1: honest, to be honest, what does that say about these people as directors that they have to yeah. do mm. that to someone percent, to get approach. the right performance? It's like, are but, you actually a really good director? But Emma, all?
3: they're tours. They're, oh, they're not the directors, auteurs. they're auteurs. Oh, my on. God.
1: Come on. You must suffer for your art, darling.
3: <laughs> it's Black yeah. Swan again.
1: Oh my god. It, it is actually. Well, it's very I was just thinking, it's very much mm. like the the shitty shitty ballet director in, in Black Swan. <laughs> You're pretty... gonna say shitty
3: shitty bang yeah. bang.
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that was the second film that we talked about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the, that's <laughs> the, <that's> <laughs> the, the <laughs> Shitty shitty that's, bang bang.
3: That's the uh cupboard title of shitty shitty <laughs> bang bang. Oh
1: Jesus. Um no, but but okay, The Shining. It it is. Despite, a f- things, Despite
3: the old bullshit in the background, it is, it is one problematic, of the greatest movies. Yeah, but it, it is, is so good.
1: It is an absolutely brilliant film. Um, another interesting difference that's that's um, come under criticism between the book and the film is that, um, I've forgotten his name, The Caretaker, who uh, um,
3: connects it's with Danny. Played by Scatman Crothers.
1: Yeah. It he, he is. Has Halloran. A, he has a connection with Danny because he also has The Shining mm. Um he is killed off in the film, and he's not yep. killed off in the book. Um, well, and that's, in that the, has received it, some criticism because there's a trope yeah. around black characters being killed off early or one of the first yep. people to be killed off, um, and that's that's not a part of the book. Um, I, th- I think it still plays well in the film, um, mm. but I, I do understand where that criticism is coming from. Because yeah, it's for like, sure. Well, why did why kill that character off? Um,
3: well, and in the book, it's not an axe; it's a uh, croquet mallet too. That he, that. Um, Jack's running around. Is it Jack? Yeah, he's running around with. So he he Ah. smacks um, Halloran on the head with it but doesn't kill him whereas, you know, because I think there's like a bit at the end of the book where they're all sitting in hospital and he's got a, you know, neck brace and everything on because it's crushed his head but in this it's, yeah, he's just using Mm. the axe.
1: Mm. Um, Yeah, I am, look, I haven't read the book for a while so I I don't remember all those details but I, I do feel that I think the other thing the film does is that it focuses more on the psychological horror um, mm. than the more, I guess, supernatural horror of The Shining, yep. whereas no. I think the book is more of an even, it's it's more of a balanced split. Um, there's definitely yeah, yeah, more of yeah, definitely. an emphasis on that supernatural element in the book, um, mm. but also, like we were saying, the fact that the book actually gives you that context of the, of the fact that Jack has always been an abusive partner it also yeah. brings you the psychological horror but it's much more balanced whereas the film is we do have you know we do have those supernatural elements but it's it's much more psychological i mean jack, as I jack slowly more, loses the, his mind and he starts to he thinks he's seeing things but we yeah. discover that they they are they are actually spirits but they're kind of um the spirits are kind of uh trying to convince him to lean into the madness and to yeah. and to lean in to
3: your these, family I'll give you a beer
1: yeah to these evil urges that he's he's starting yeah. to he's starting to feel so it is very psychological in that sense because you feel mm-hmm. this tension that he and you know I actually think it would have been really great in the film if they had brought in that aspect of his character the background of him being an abusive. Parents and an abusive partner because I think it adds to the tension of, of, yeah. of him struggling with that side of himself and it's so it's too easy for him to slip into that that side yeah. of himself.
3: I think um, too that you know if I mean I get it I, yes and no for me I think if mm. if it's if that's brought up early then you know if you've never read the book or seen the or seen the movie and you get this start where it's Oh, he's an abusive alcoholic. You go, well, he's going to fucking snap, obviously. And it's whereas yeah. if you get to a point where you don't know about that, you know, he's probably not the nicest guy, but it just shows mm. how quickly someone could be pushed to the brink of madness. I think it probably mm. builds that tension just a little bit more because you're expecting it the other way. Yeah, whereas it's a good if this point. is like. Well, you know, well, it could be him. What if Shelley Duvall goes nuts? You know, what if it's mm. the other way around? Or, and so I think that's where it sort of it plays a little bit into taking that out does work better for the film than it does for the book.
1: Yeah, no, you might be right. Actually, it allows them to more slowly build that up because, like I said, mm. you do you start to see a glimpse of it. You see a glimpse of that those microaggressions coming out. Um, but I. I I, I think that the other thing about this film, and we were talking a lot about the story because I think for Shory and I, we're both Stephen King fans and we both see mm-hmm. this film. But I think the way it's shot is a huge part of what makes this film so oh, iconic. It's gorgeous. Um, like I said, that opening shot is is, and there's so many um
3: there's so many um, iconic scenes from Exactly. This, you
1: know, like you for, like one, think of- for one film to have so many iconic mm-hmm. shots and scenes, beautiful. Beautiful long shots um, and yep. the, the hotel itself is gorgeous and there's so many beautiful long shots inside. Mm-hmm. Shots, I love a good, um, not to the Wes Anderson extent, but I love a good sort of symmetrical shot. So there's a there's a really, again, famous, lovely shot of um, his son on his little trike riding up mm. the, one of the hallways and it's just this long shot of this kind of lush, um. Ornate red carpet and this long hallway, and all the doors kind of leading up, and just sh- shots like that throughout yeah. the entire film. And they, it's not only beautiful to look at, but they always, because they're long shots, it always emphasizes that sense of isolation. That yeah. They're so they're so alone in such a big space. Um, but the, that it's, like the,
3: when you talk about the iconic stuff, like it's Danny writing his. His tricycle through the hallways till he bumps into yep. the twins. It's yes. him, uh, Jack, sitting at his typewriter, or throwing the ball up against the wall, or yep. him chasing Danny through the snow with his axe, or yeah. even the, 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 or, the v- or the famous here's. I was Johnny. about
1: to say the famous here's Johnny scene. I think the part of the reason that that scene is so impactful is the way it's shot. I think it's brilliant, oh, like having yeah. the the camera at the side of the door. Oh my god, it's
3: it's amazing. Close
1: up on her screaming face, and then the axe just coming through. But it's but just even.
3: Before that, with the way the camera goes with the axe when he's hitting the door, like it's the way, yes. like, and it stops suddenly, like, it's bang, bang.
1: And I, you and it's know just what? Amazing. I, I saw something about this. They were trying to figure out how to get the most, um, how to get a shot of his face looking as, um, how to convey. The, the madness in him mm. and, and create that sense of intimidation and they were playing with different shots of him outside the door and they couldn't quite get it and their final idea was what if we literally put the camera on the ground and you're leaning up against the door trying to push it and the camera's looking up at your mm. face and you you get that shot of yeah. him, and it's brilliant with Ooh. with um jack nicholson and those incredible eyebrows mm-hmm. the demonic smile and the the eyes it's and looking upwards, it's just perfect. And well, when just...
3: you know, if you notice, the more he slips into madness, he gets mm. lit from underneath a lot more. Yes. like you know, when he's running with the axe, he's lit from underneath. When he's sitting at the bar, he's, he's mm. lit from underneath. It's all showing, like you know, th- from that underneath. It makes him look so much creepier.
1: And it and it really—he's the kind of he has the face for it, the perfect face because he has such <laughs> good—I don't even know how to describe it. He's got that great eyebrow game. Like he can really. They sort of like bridge.
3: point into yeah. yeah
1: and when you shoot that from underneath phew, that's yeah, like yeah it looks
3: so it looks great
1: very creepy um also the the blood elevator such an iconic <laughs> and
0: brilliant scene no, the blood
3: gets off on the second floor yeah
0: exactly yeah. but you know like the just <laughs> I know the I know everything you're talking about which I love well. <laughs> yes yeah, like yeah. I, but, I, but I haven't that, seen the film but i know everything
1: but that's why this film is so it's just evidence of how famous, hmm. you know, how great this film is. You don't have to see it and you yeah. know about all these famous scenes. The, way yeah. the door just really slowly opens and it absolutely gushes. It's my favorite gift to send to my <laughs> girlfriends when I'm like, fucking period. Did not expect it. This is my life right now. It's my favorite period gift. And it's, yeah. I'm sure lots of people use it for all sorts of purposes, but it's like, it, it's, yeah, so many I, iconic scenes. I still love the. Quickly, um,
3: when he's got his typewriter and she goes to look at the pages, and it's all no, not all work and no play, make Jack a dull boy, and it's over and over and over. Like back then, Stanley Kubrick, as much you know, we talk about him being an absolute asshole. someone mm. had to hand type all those pages because he mm. would not photocopy them. And really, but yeah, they were all hand typed by one assistant. But oh, what work makes and me no
1: play makes Homer something, something, but that's what makes me laugh is that the, the scene <laughs> when
3: you know, Sally Duvall finds that stack of papers and it's all typed out. And then Marge in The Simpsons one walks in and goes, you know, oh, what he's typed will be a window into his madness. And it just says, feeling fine.
1: <laughs> yes! That's right. Oh, my God. I got – can I – oh, my God. I love The Simpsons version of this. It's just – and it's because the film is so iconic and it's, and it's like we say – it's unbelievable for one film to have so many famous scenes and shots. It makes it really easy to riff on it because yeah, there's sure. so many bits to play with. Um, like I love the go mad, don't mind, doing <laughs> I just love so it. So good. So in the,
3: in the book, it's um, there's no hedge maze. It's all uh, topiary animals that come yes, to life.
1: Yes, yes. As
3: well. But in this one it's a hedge maze because, as Kubrick said at the time, anything we do like that is going to be stop motion and look really shitty so they changed mm. it which which yes. is good I think that's a good change for it I it's think it's so yeah. but that's yeah. the another Simpsons one is that Willie's standing there and all of a sudden he's yeah. and Bart comes through with the hedge. hey I found a shortcut through your hedge maze and he's just cut through the whole thing mm-hmm. <laughs> and yep. then, but I think when you talk about the changes from the book that's one of the ones I go that works the hedge maze works Absolutely. so much it builds that tension at the end there where he's chasing Danny through it
1: and it's such a great like set for a hor- like any kind of maze mm. like obviously you've done right if you just try and throw it in and you don't do it right it's going to seem yeah. shit but but the use of the the maze in this film as as the the final um the final location is is brilliant. It's mm. brilliant, and again, iconic scene of, and again, very um, symmetrical of, of looking down the maze and that, and seeing Jack because at this point he's been injured, like limping and dragging, dragging his the foot axe behind yeah. his foot and the axe behind him, um trying to find Danny. It's just so iconic mm-hmm. um and and so terrifying. Like Jack yeah. Nicholson. I'm actually sort of surprised that he hasn't been in more horror. Like, when you think um, about it, he has not He has played, like, um, unsavoury characters. What,
3: you don't remember Wolf, where he played a werewolf, which is such a terrible film. No. <laughs> yeah, he made a but, movie called Wolf in 94. Know, he,
1: he hasn't been cast in a lot of horror, which I find um, interesting. I'm just having
3: a look at his IMDb. He did a lot of horror early in his career because he worked a lot with – Did he Oh, I can't think of the guy's name now. But he did, uh, like, he was in the original Little Shop of Horrors. Was he? So he, he worked a lot with Roger Corman back then. So he did a few little horror movies back then. Um, like, he did The Raven, The Terror.
1: Okay. Um,
3: but then later on in his career, like, he did this and then he did Wolf. And that's really I it suppose? in regards to yeah. horror. The witches of the week he's in. He's the, the Witcher's yeah.
1: Yeah, but that's not – he's not like –
3: yeah. No, it's not really a horror movie. And then, like, Mars Attacks is more mm, sci-fi. But it's – I think for him it's just – like he. I think he's going to be one of those actors, and this sounds horrible, but he hasn't done anything since
2: 2010.
3: Yeah. And I look at that and I go, so either he didn't – he retired from film because he made so much money off Batman that he never had to work again. Yeah, yeah. But I think for him it's one of those ones where – he's going to be one of those people we're going to wake up one morning and it's Jack Nicholson has passed away because he just, he seems to have disappeared from, he doesn't even show up at Lakers yeah. games very often anymore like he used to. So it's it's I a mean, bit of a worry.
1: If he has stopped acting, I mean, fair enough. He's, he's, hmm. du- he's bloody worked. I mean, I'm looking at his, his thingy here and he, he started in 1956. But also when you
3: get, like, yeah, when yeah. you look. He started to hear my mum was born, yeah. <laughs> but also
0: being able to. Being able to have the diversity of roles that mm-hmm. you've been able to play and the different things. Like Jack Nicholson, when you hit a certain point in your career, I think Tom Cruise hit it too early where you get the pick of whatever you, you want. And you make interviews with him. Um, and then Tom Cruise just <gasps> didn't stop, Shut unfortunately. Shut Well, all right, all right, you calm down. Um, but that's the thing as well where, you know, like anyone, you're working this job, SWAT, for at least, well, that would have been 60 years of his life, like 50 years. No. I don't know, Mass but, like, a, a huge chunk of your life. You want to retire and not do stuff. Like, we keep assuming actors keep working, I mean, and, also, working like, and working and working because 84. that's what they do. It's a job.
2: Yeah, Let like him retire. <laughs> like
3: like oh, look, I totally else. get it's that, and I, I do get it. But, but it's a job like, like The thing is, with him, because he was fairly prolific too, and not having seen him in anything from 2010 with no explanation, like, sometimes I'll come out and I'll be like, no, no, he's retired. Well, and
1: I I guess I hear what you're saying. Like, it's maybe not so much the fact that he's not working, but just that he's disappeared Mm. altogether. He doesn't seem to be anywhere. I've actually just said, this is quite sad. I've actually just found an article here uh, from two days ago that says, sad last days, Jack Nicholson forced into retirement retirement from Hollywood. Friends fear he has dementia.
3: Oh, okay. See that? Yeah. At least there's an explanation, which is horrible.
1: It's very sad.
3: Mm. But yes, so
1: The uh, Shining yes, is anyway
3: one of the greatest horror movies ever made. I think I don't think anyone I would agree. really question us on that. I think it's, you know, you take away the Shelley Duvall, Kubrick stuff, you take mm-hmm. away all that bullshit. It 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 is it is possibly it's so tense, it's so beautifully shot and beautifully made. Mm. Everything about it is perfect.
1: Possibly um, one of the best movies ever made.
3: Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There were people would, that would put it in the top ten films of all time.
1: Yeah, it's hmm. very, very good. Yeah, um, it's just
3: it's one of those ones that I look forward to. I look yeah, forward to watching it.
1: Honestly, like I, it's it's so rare for something that is to, iconic to, to get to see someone react to watching something like this for the first time. Yeah. You know? So yep. it's kind of even though I, you know, even though we we have been teasing you, I'm actually also very excited to hear
0: So what you're saying is I should film myself Actually so yes. I reactions. wasn't
1: thinking that but do it.
0: I'll
1: do it. <laughs> I would love to see that.
0: It's look, it's just that funny thing where with films like this where they have such a big like, oh my God, it's iconic it's this that and the other. At a certain point you go, it's the 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 spin is so good, I'll wait mm. to watch it another <laughs> time. And now now I'm I'm 43 and here we are.
1: See, look, I've never seen, for example, The Godfather, but any time I talk to anyone about it, I always get this response of like, oh, it's not that good. The Godfather? Yeah, everyone always says to me, it's overrated. I don't know if you guys watch watch Family Guy. It insists upon itself. It's a dad film. It's definitely a dad film. The
0: thing with The Godfather... The Godfather was this iconic film, uh, you know, of its time, where it's at, mm. how it's at, what it does. But re- when you watch it, you're just like, oh, I wanted something more oh, ready honey, to like that. <laughs> you know, all the un- I'm not, all the I'm not even. Expecting... Like it just, you're just like. And I mean, I'm Italian, so I'm just like every. I'm Italian not going. Look, I'm not I expecting like Raiders of the
1: Lost Art, but uh, of Lost Ark. <laughs> um, but the only reason I have it is honestly, everyone always just goes to me. Mm, yeah. it's Overrated. Whereas yeah. something like The Shining, I don't think I've heard anyone say like, ah, no. uh, it's overrated. Everyone's like, no, this is a fucking.
3: Well, wait until no, I review it. Here's a question for you, Em. <laughs> though, have you yeah. seen Doctor Sleep? Yes. What did you think of Doctor Sleep?
1: Um. Oh, I mean, look, very completely different beast. Um, very different film. I haven't read Doctor Sleep, so I can't compare it to the the book. Um, I,
3: I love Mike Flanagan, but I was disappointed with Doctor Sleep.
1: Look, I didn't mind it. I didn't mind it. I found it to be very dark. There was, mm. supr- like, even for King, there were. Not even in terms of just like violence, but some of the themes. Yeah. I, I there's this one scene in particular that I find very difficult to watch. Um, in that movie, um, it's look, it's no The Shining. Um, hmm. but I I didn't dislike it. I I think it's it's yeah
3: it it has to live up to one of the greatest films ever made. And I I've, oh, I've it's never going to. I think
1: I think yeah. you just need to treat it as not even the same. Yeah. Barely even connected to the first film because it can't. It's not. No it's not no, agreed yeah,
3: yeah. It, it was yeah it, it's its own beast i wasn't i think it's I was a good a little film bit I, think it's, was, I think it's
1: worth watching but don't go into there comparing it to the shining don't no, even think about the shining when you watch it otherwise you'll be sorely disappointed
2: that's definitely nice. definitely
1: yeah yeah all righty cool god what an amazing episode i can't wait yeah, to i'm watch so that. excited for you to watch the shining <laughs> and i really do want you to take some video of your reactions all right. Well, All right. gosh, what an amazing episode. And we're going to be back tomorrow for some more horror. yields. tomorrow see what yeah. it is then.
3: That's right. Yay. All
1: righty. Bye. See you tomorrow, tomorrow, everyone. Bye. Yay. You've been listening to another episode of Pot of the Damned. Did you know we're running a poll where you can vote on what movie we watch for the final episode on Halloween the 31st of October? That's right. You can pick the movie out of nine that we've put up on our website. So go to www.podofthedamped.com and vote now. There are nine movies to choose from. Things like Cabin in the Woods, House on a Haunted Hill, and I Know What You Did Last Summer. And that is just a couple of the options. So head to the website now and vote for your favorite. If you can't get enough of psychological horror, there are a few that we couldn't fit in. So why not try The Invisible Man, Session 9, or M. Night Shyamalan's new film, Old. And if you loved the folklore horror we talked about a few episodes ago and you want more, why not try The Village, Sleepy Hollow, or Gretel and Hansel? And if you want to interact with us, head to us on our socials and like and comment at Pod of the Damned on Twitter and at Podcast of the Damned on Instagram.